What is going on, everybody? We are here. It is uh, Monday night, early January. Just getting back to um, just about our, just the start of our third week here in the in the league. Um, and I'm glad to have started this podcast with one of my very good friends, someone who has been in the league a long time, been a great player, been in the playoffs. I think like every single season. Um, Mr. Levinson, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good, Fletch. It's 2021. Uh, I'm feeling good. It's a new year. Uh, I think I got a good team. There's a lot to talk about. I'm excited. So yeah. it's good to see you. Yeah, you as well. I, I'm really excited. Um, but first things first, we need a new name for this league. Like introducing this podcast tonight, you know, it's it's got NBA boys. So I guess we can call it the NBA boys podcast. I, I think that's got a little bit of a ring to it, but what do you think? Do you think there's a name change involved? I know our group chat name is kind of bland. What do you think? Uh, we definitely need to uh, pull some straws here and figure out some new names because, you know, NBA boys, you know, great organization. We're members ourselves. Uh, I, I don't think this is an NBA boys fantasy league anymore. I think it's it evolved into its own thing. So I think coming up with a new name will definitely add some spice and the group chat name is pathetic. So that's yeah. nothing to draw on from that it's called fantasy basketball so <laughs> yeah it's just i think we can very, do better than basic. that yeah right to yeah. the point there um but i'm glad i could have you on tonight I'm, I'm really happy to get this podcast going um really my goal here is to just bring something into this league being that it's a 25 dollars buy-in isn't huge or substantial by any means but anything any value that i feel like we can bring to the league will help and keep people more involved into the future you know we, we've had some players every year that will have someone go down and then they're not involved the entire the entire season and, and then next season roll around and they're out so we've got a few new faces in the league this year and I think this is a good squad rolling forward um and I and I really want to keep those people involved so I mean you know saying that we have a few new faces how do you feel about the competition we've got this year so far uh, in terms of overall competition, I think we already had uh, some good members. And I kind of, over the years, like we've had some people leave, like you said, and those have been the people that really don't pay attention. Um, I'm not going to call them out, but they know who they are and they're gone. And I think uh, the people we added know what they're doing. They know the NBA. And hopefully they set their lineups and pay attention and, uh, you know, it's much more competitive because I know every year we've had it, there's like a one in 15 team and it's like they don't pick up anybody. They don't set their lineups. It's like an easy dub. I'm not a fan of that. It makes it less fun. It's a $25 buy-in. Uh, you know, you should pay attention. I, I'm excited this year because I think every single person knows what they're doing and is going to pay attention. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I completely agree. That's really what it comes down to with fantasy sports, I've found, is that the people that pay attention the most are usually the ones that win or at least be successful. So if, yep. if we can bring things like this into the fold to just get people involved and, and keep them involved throughout the year, that's a win in itself. You know, I, I at the end of the day, I love to compete. I love to win as much as anybody, but I also want a very competitive league because then you get those teams, like you said, that are one in 15, they're not making any moves. They're not even, they might not even have the app downloaded on their phone. And 
their team of 13 or whatever the number is, it's like those players just don't exist. They're, they're not part of the system anymore. So you can't ask for a trade. You can't like be scouting them, looking at waiver wire, looking to make a move. It's wasted space. No, it is. You, there, there's normally, I mean, they have first, second, third round picks. They're drafting good players that then you don't have access to. Right. That's really annoying. Like I, I remember, I think last year, two years ago, someone drafted Cat, and he's a great fantasy player. And I might talk about him later because I drafted him and now he's injured. But he was on someone's team last year and they didn't check their lineup. And just what a waste. What a great yeah. player to have on, on your team. And just, you know, they, they're not useful. They, they have no purpose. So. Uh, I, I would love to get that fixed. And I think we have this year. Yeah, I agree. And so speaking of your team, that's a perfect transition to our next question. Mr. Levinson, how do you feel about your team two weeks into the season? Give me the Levinson assessment. Okay. So I think overall I did an okay job. And I say that because I drafted some really good players but then there's some players on my team that I just totally whiffed on that are just bringing, I think, my performance down that I, I really think I regret taking. But overall, I think I did a good job. There's definitely some standouts that I'm pretty proud of already. Who are your standouts so far? Well, there's a few easy ones. Jeremy Grant, I had a feeling, and we texted about this, I had a feeling, Fletch, that he would be good because he was good in the playoffs in the bubble. And I was like, that's impressive. And he was solid in the regular season on like a pretty decent OKC team. And then he goes to the Pistons who have the skeleton of Blake Griffin and not much else. So someone's got to score. Someone's got to rebound. Someone's got to do something on that team. And I was like, I got to get Jeremy. And so far he's been fantastic. He's averaging 23 as of uh, January 4th. Uh, he's hitting threes. He's getting rebounds, a steal, a block, a game. I mean, He's been a great pick so far. Um, and there is some other picks that I'm pretty proud of too. I got uh, Chris Middleton later than I thought I would. Uh, and I, he's performed very well. I think he'll be good. Uh, I hate to say it, I'm a Philly fan. I got Markel Fultz. I think he's been pretty solid for where I got him. He's, he's scoring, he's getting me assists. He's doing all I can ask for. Uh, I picked up uh, Lugans Dort, the man from OKC. Very satisfied with that. And uh, like I said, I got Cat. He's injured right now, but I think come playoff time, he's going to, because I'll be in the top six now that we're six. Uh, <laughs> I think you all will see what Cat can do for me if he's not injured. So I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, I, I you know, completely echo all of your thoughts with Jeremy Grant. Um, he's someone that I thought could have been a steal. I, I mean, honestly, for me, it was kind of like a hit or miss with him. And it's been 100% a hit. Um, you touched on it. What sticks out to me is the one steal a game and the one block a game. I mean, he's averaging 2.2 stocks, as they call them, steals and blocks combined um, at this point in the season is unbelievable. I mean, stocks is something that I take into very high consideration when I pick up players because blocks and steals are those categories that for whatever reason, people tend to forget about and they can win you games. Um, so yeah, 2.2 stocks yeah. for him is huge. Um, he's shooting well too. 86% from the line is awesome. And yep. I mean, those, those out of position, out of position stats are things that you look for in fantasy and, and things that you want to capitalize on. So 
from a player that's a small forward, power forward, wing guy, getting almost six rebounds a game is awesome. Getting those one or two assists is cool. Some nights he'll have more and, and that's just, you know, gravy on top. So he's been all around an awesome player. And I'm hoping that he'll continue that throughout the rest of the season. Um, and I totally agree. Markel Fultz was someone I was eyeing as well going into the draft. Um, but on the flip side, Benny, what are some players that haven't quite reached the expectations on draft night? Yeah, so like I said, I did okay in my drafting, and there's a reason why. There's just been a few players that have been total duds so far, and uh, I don't anticipate getting better. Uh, I'll name a couple right here. I got Ricky Rubio. Uh, he's only getting 23 minutes a game on Minnesota uh, with Cat out. Not that that would affect it, but you know, there's open minutes there, and he's not getting them. Uh, even in his minutes, he's not really performing that well. Uh, of course, you know, uh, he always never shoots for good field goal percentage anyway. But yeah, um, DeLon Wright, I thought the same reason I picked Jeremy Grant. I said the Pistons, they got open minutes. Someone needs to play. He has not played that much. And when he's played, he has not performed the way I would have liked him to. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the uh, player rating thing that ESPN has. I think it's a good way to evaluate someone's performance, especially for a roto league like we're in. And his is 0.68, which is like obviously close to zero, which isn't good. For example, Chris Middleton's is 11.5 in the last 15 days. And that's obviously very significant difference. And DeLon Wright's still on right, but that that was a big whiff. And then I have my two guards that was hoping uh, would end up performing better than they have in Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell. And they have both not performed that well, both their percentages and they really haven't gotten, like you said, stocks or anything like that. They're getting an insane amount of turnovers. Uh, I'm just really disappointed with their play so far. But, you know, I think as the season goes on, those two I have hope for. The others, I do not. DeLon Wright was a dud. Yeah. Um, DeLon Wright, I, I had a similar thought process when I drafted Killian Hayes, which for me was a dud. And, I dropped him a couple of days later. Um, you know, he, he's one of those players that the rotation, you don't really know what's going to happen in Detroit every night. Other than Jeremy Grant and Blake Griffin getting minutes, it's kind of a toss-up. So it's hard. The ghost to, of Blake Griffin. The ghost of Blake the Griffin. The ghost of Blake Griffin, right. So it's, it's really a toss-up in Detroit, and it's hard to put any real um, – any real expectations on their lineup day in and day out. They're not players that you can rely on. So it's been tough for players like DeLon Wright, Killian Hayes. Um, and I, I'm sure there are others that are still out there on the waiver wire because mm-hmm. they're just not consistent. Um, mm-hmm. Minutes plays a huge part. I, I know we've got a couple of new faces in the league this year. So I think a great part of having this podcast is, hey, talk me through your mindset, talk me through how you pick up players, talk me through what you look at, because you're very experienced. I've had some, I've had a good amount of experience as well in fantasy basketball. And I think it's important to touch on that minutes are something that even if they're not the number one, two or three guy to score on their team, doesn't mean they don't have fantasy value. Minutes is a huge part and a, a huge showing especially in the early season of what a player can be for your team. Um, And touching on D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker, I know it's been a struggle so far, but I don't, I want to tell you, like, don't let those guys go. Like 
those are oh. going to be long-term players that will eventually turn around. Devin Booker is not going to shoot 73% from the line forever. Right. He's just not. I mean, Devin Booker is not a defensive guy, so I don't think steals or blocks are going to move, but I mean – four assists I think that could go up definitely he could get more than two threes a night and the free throw percentage is going to come up as well so don't lose faith in those guys but you've got the right mindset yeah no I I agree Devin Booker and D'Angelo I wasn't planning on dropping them but uh they're performing I need them to be better if I want to win uh that's playing his day that's what needs to happen so and I need Cat back yeah and that'll all come as the season rolls around. It's a long, long season. Um, It's hard to really make judgments right now for what the league is going to look like in even two or three weeks. So we've we've got now that the playoffs has changed, we've got, what, 13 matchups now? Yes, 13 matchups. Yeah, so we've got 13 weeks to work with. That's a long time. Um, So... Transitioning that way to the playoffs, that is a big move and a big change for the league as a whole. What are your feelings and thoughts on the six-team playoffs? So as that was happening, um, Shokan mentioned it, and I got very angry. <laughs> I read the text, and I was like, no. And I was like, no, come on. And then, uh, you know, there was some debate, and it appeared – that it was about 50-50, if not more people wanting six teams. And what I was actually okay with six teams, my main gripe was that, you know, we'd have to go down to, you know, one-week playoff matchups, which is totally whack because, you know, a lot of things can happen in that two-week, in a, in a one-week window that could affect your win-loss, like if you're going to win or lose a matchup. So, having that two weeks was really important for me for the playoffs. Cause I just think it's more representative of your roster, at least more than one week. Um, and I didn't want to hamper, you know, the value of the league in the playoffs, but Castaldo threw in the chat, the idea of the two week 16. And, you know, when you think about it, 13 matchups for 12, for 12 teams kind of makes sense. I mean, if we had 14 teams, it would be perfect because you just play every other team once. So you're just going to play someone twice. That's it. Uh, so I actually am a fan of this. Uh, it'll be good because there'll be easy meet in the playoffs. There's going to be a team that's like 10 and 9 or whatever it would be now, uh, pretty much 50-50. Uh, and I think that's going to be nice for whoever's the second seed or the third seed, whoever gets that, whoever doesn't get the bye. So uh, overall, I like it. Um, I would have liked that we've decided before – the season started but overall I'm a fan what are are your thoughts yeah I have to agree I'm a fan as well I think it boils down to bringing that interest into the league for future seasons opening up two more spots for people to have opportunities to make their money back and make a profit on this is a huge incentive for people that are paying attention week by week and to you know keep up with fantasy basketball having only four teams in the playoffs. And if your team is on that 50% mark, I mean, you might give up halfway through. You, you might call yourself out. So we won't have, we won't see that as much this season um, because of the two extra spots. So I think it's great for the league as a whole. I'm glad that we were able to do it with the two week period because 
I mean, playing someone on one week is honestly, it doesn't make sense for the playoffs. Your star player could be day to day with an ankle sprain, be out Monday and then play like one time before Sunday. And if you're just having one week playoff, that's it. Like you could be riding on Steph Curry all year round and he could be out just that week. So I'm glad that we did the two weeks as well. I think that'll, it'll be great for the league as a whole. Um, And so talking about Steph Curry, I know he's a big part of Coppa's team, I believe. And so talking about some other teams that you've been able to check through some rosters, you've played against a couple of people so far, who are some of the biggest threats that you see this season for your team later down the road? Well, without getting into specific players, uh, I will say there's always some people on my radar for this fantasy uh, uh, league in, in, in specific, and that's your team and Coots. I'm always afraid because uh, I feel like you guys have been, you know, drafting Roto head-to-head category uh, fucking fantasy leagues for many years like me. And I think that experience definitely helps you build a good team because you know what you're doing. So um, that being said, I know who I'm not scared of, uh, and that's um, Haniel and Garrett. No offense to them. They're the new ads. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I might have to eat my words later on, but I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, and then the way this league works um, I've noticed is that if someone's like number one or number two pick goes out earlier on, they just stop paying attention, which I think is hilarious and makes sense. But uh, that's something to be on the lookout uh, for the next uh, few weeks is whose players get injured and if that affects their wanting to pay attention. That's a little off topic, but that's uh, I love I love noticing things like that because I think it's funny. Like Castaldo last year drafted Steph, Steph first round, and he went out after like four games, I think. And just like that, Castaldo was done. He was like, fuck this. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to be on the lookout for those people this year. Sorry, that, that I hope I answered your question. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, for me and my team, my perspective, I also think Coots does an awesome job drafting every single year. Like it's clear this kid knows his stuff and, and pays attention to basketball in general but also fantasy basketball because there's a it's like a different it's, it's a different kind of knowledge at the end of the day I, I find myself paying attention way more to fantasy than I actually do to the NBA what the standings are like who's playing tonight like I, I usually don't pay attention to any of that I'm way more statistical and you know fantasy basketball focused so looking into Coots's team um, again I, I thought it was a great year drafting he picked up some guys that are really going to make noise now and throughout the rest of the season. Bradley Beal being one of them. He's got a 9.82 player rating through the last 15 days. I mean, he averages 30 game. He's shooting 86% from the line, um, almost 46% from the field. He gets rebounds, assists. He gets about two stocks a game. I mean, Bradley Beal is a guy day in, day out, no matter who's on his team, Westbrook, John Wall, he's going to get things done. Um, Sabonis is a similar way. Sabonis is a a fantasy. Great pick. Yeah. Unbelievable pick. Sabonis is unbelievable. Um, Larry Nance Jr. I've also been very impressed with. He's a guy that 
hey, if you give him minutes, he will be productive and he will fill up the stat sheet. Um, so again, you see a high player rating for him in the last 15 days as well. Drew Holiday, I mean, he's been a proven veteran in New Orleans playing with Anthony Davis. I thought, you know what? It's going to be no different playing in Milwaukee, and it's, it's been more of the same for a veteran like him. And, and something to look out for, uh, not just for Kutz's team, because I'm seeing this now, but for everyone else, Kevin Durant out for uh, COVID, uh, seven-day window here. That was his one of his top picks. I'm sure I don't know exactly which pick it was, but I was his, it was his first overall pick. He's out yeah. a week now because of COVID. That's something to look out for for everyone uh, going forward. And, you know, whoever he's playing this week kind of has a uh, mulligan there. It's gonna. He's playing me this week. I'm very oh, happy about that. That's flash. great news. Yeah, uh, Coots picked that at pick number eight in the first round, Kevin That's Durant. Rough. I mean, other than the COVID, Kevin Durant has been awesome. I think oh, he's, he's got a real shot at being MVP. He's looked fantastic. That was a great pick, I think. Yeah. Um, so touching on, I, <laughs> you poked the finger at Garrett and Haniel. I know they're going to be listening to this. So what do you not like about their team so far? Um, I haven't examined their teams closely. I just know that coming into a Roto league like this, it's not points. It's not, it's, it's way different. You have to in your, I don't, I know some people, you might do an Excel. Some other people might do it. I kind of just do it in my head. I try to balance which categories I'm getting whenever I'm drafting. My guess is not much went into that. Um, and also I noticed, I don't remember if it was Haniel or Garrett, but one of them was doing it from their phone. Mm. And if you're trying to do a Roto league from your phone, it is impossible to balance it properly because it doesn't list all the data typically. Yeah. So when you're trying to draft, your team is going to be all out of balance. So, uh, you know, it, it's just hard to draft that way. And especially when it's your first time. So, uh, but they, they both know NBA basketball. So I think that will hopefully, you know, overcome that for them is, is my hope. Yeah, I, I think it will too. Um, being that they're both involved in basketball, the interest is there. There's just a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to the Roto League. And for these guys, especially, um, my next topic I want to talk about is picking up people on the waiver wire, because that's a way you can change your whole team. I mean, if you are in a position where your team is not where you think it should be, you should be on the waiver wire, like checking every single day for something that you can pick up. One thing that I recommend doing is getting on a laptop rather than doing it on your phone because on your laptop, you can actually use a compare players option where you can say, okay, I want to choose this guy on my team. Like, let's go, for example, uh, Haniel's team. He's got Hassan Whiteside who is not getting minutes. Um, like, let's compare Hassan Whiteside to a couple of centers that are on the waiver right right now. And you can see side to side what stats each player is better in and make an educated decision on dropping someone, keeping someone. Um, so going into that and the waiver wire, Benny, what are some things that you look for? And if you want to reveal any more information, what players are you looking at right now to even add to your team? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say who I'm looking at. I will share a quick anecdote here. I was playing video games the other night and I got a call from Brian Lewis. And I will tell you that hasn't happened more than a couple of times during uh, the quarantine here. And 
he calls up he says oh you took Lonnie Walker and I'm like <laughs> oh, yeah I was like is he supposed to be good apparently be very excited by Lonnie Walker so everyone know that he's now a free agent he's on the waiver wire I don't know when Fletcher's going to release this podcast but Lonnie Walker people believes in him so uh that's that's one player uh I will say if there are players I was if I would be looking at any players right now, I would have already picked them up. That isn't to say things change, but uh, my only advice would be just to pay attention. That's all you can do. See, in, injuries are a big thing. Some players get injured. You pick someone else up that's on that team. Um, things like that you have to pay it pay attention to. It's all about basically being in the know. If you're gonna try to like you know lazy your way through the season, you're not gonna do very well. So, and yes, the laptop thing is very important. I, I, I can't do it for my phone, even setting lineups. It's just, it's all gotta be on the laptop. It makes it easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the big changes I found from this year and running, just doing fantasy in general is that ESPN has realized that they have been actually distributing and putting out so many articles with just a ton of information in past seasons that aren't actually available this year to people that don't pay for it. They have this new thing, ESPN Plus, which they've roped in with all of the games that they put on that are on TV and, you know, all mumbo jumbo that everybody tries to promote these days and make people pay extra money for. They've roped fantasy information and all these little articles that come up into that. So in past seasons, the league and myself have been able to go in and okay, who are the top five players to look for on your waiver wire this week? Like that'll be blocked out for people that don't pay for ESPN plus, which is honestly sucks. And it's hurt fantasy overall. And you like the wealth of knowledge that you're able to get. Um, what I recommend for everybody to do is okay. If ESPN is going to make you pay for it, look elsewhere. There's, there's plenty of other places that you can find fantasy information uh, that are that are good that are honest that are most of the time good advice like yahoo sports for example does a really good job um preparing for my draft i just typed in on youtube like fantasy basketball 2021 mock draft and it came up with a video of like these people that analyze fantasy all year round they have their own league and like they did a full draft and talked about every single pick and rotated one at a time each, everyone got a chance to speak and give their opinion and there's plenty of knowledge like that out there in the world youtube twitter wherever you can find it that will help you immensely um and yeah i, I completely agree with you that just paying attention in general is going to be the most important part of fantasy yeah pay attention don't be a scrub like casaldo <laughs> speaking of casaldo how do you feel about the the two manager team we've got going on this year that's also a first for the nba boys oh man i hope i hope mark listens to this he's going to contribute nothing to that team i i talked to him the other day he 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 said he helped with the draft he and i talked to him on the phone like three days ago and he's like oh i'm super proud of the ennis canner pick and i'm like all right bro and <laughs> canner you know not a bad player nothing to write home about um especially what he's going to be doing on the blazers so uh, I, I am excited because I think having a second manager will prevent Castaldo from not paying attention uh, like he did before. So, and that is what he said the reason was behind it. 
Um, so I, I am excited that, you know, Castaldo will be engaged this year because, you know, he's, he's an NBA boy a long time. He's a veteran member. Um, he, he's, you know, my go-to guy for NBA information, ultimate hypothetical guy. Honored to have him. He was great on the uh, Zoom call. He's a valued member of the league. So uh, I'm excited for him to, you know, have more reasoning to pay attention this year. Yeah, me too. He, he's an awesome dude. And and so is Mark. And I'm really excited to bring both. Those oh, guys slow on. down there. Fetch. Slow down. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to bring both those guys on the podcast and, um, you know, get both of them together in the same room and, and hear their thoughts and, and how they work together on making decisions. Um, but it's really interesting to see. I've never actually been in a league where two, where a team has been managed, team has been managed by two players. So I'm really interested to see how it turns out, but I thought they drafted well overall. They had a couple of dud picks and um, some players that I think could honestly be dropped like tomorrow, <laughs> but overall, I mean, Victor Oladipo has turned out great. People had their hesitance about him and he always seems to fall really far back in drafts, but he's been well. Um, Antetokounmpo is Antetokounmpo. He's gets you points, gets you a ton of rebounds. Um, he'll get some assists in there. Doesn't shoot a ton of threes and doesn't shoot well from the free floor line, but you can make up for that in other areas. Um, let's see, Steven Adams has been solid. And Paul George, Paul George has looked like the MVP, Paul George, and, which is great to see. Um, Jamal Murray, he's also kind of a, a buy low situation is if anyone's trying to trade for Jamal Murray, he doesn't look great right now, but I think he will by the time the season ends or we even get halfway through this year. Um, but, and then, like I said, there's some players that could honestly be dropped tomorrow, like uh, Obi Toppin, I, he's on their IR, which is fine because it's not taking up a spot, but Obi Toppin in the Knicks offense is just not going to get the minutes and the usage that you need for a fantasy player. He, he's just not. Um, and Gallinari, Gallinari is also in their IR. I, I like Gallinari, um, but he just, he's always hurt. He's a, he's a tough guy to pick up and try to bet on. But overall, I think they have a really strong team. They started out the year 2-0, and which is awesome. Um, so keep the train rolling, guys. I like it. Agreed. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see how Shiocock Inc. does this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so playing off that name, obviously that's a reference to John Shokan and his team, John Castell Don't. Uh, when... Actually, I, I have a compliment for John uh, Shiocon. Um, he drafted Christian Wood. Yeah. Who I wanted so bad prior to that. And he, he, he reached a little bit and I, just a great pick. I mean, he's averaging 24 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, a steal and two blocks a game on one turnover a game. Uh, and they're going to be a good team this year. I think the Rockets, uh, I actually, this is a little bit of breaching into regular basketball NBA stuff here, but if I'm Harden, I I'm think I think I'm trying to hang on this season just to see what happens. I mean, I I understand he wants to leave, but right now there's no one willing to trade for him, and I like that team, especially with Christian Wood. So uh, I think he he did a good draft. He's got McCall Bridges, he's got Rozier, Van Vliet, 
LaMelo, who I actually wanted to take a flyer on. Jokic is always a great pick. Mm-hmm. You got Rashawn Holmes, who I got last year. You, you, another uh, thing I like to pay attention to for picking up players uh, is the plus or minus uh, thing, which basically says how many like people added um, a player in a certain week. And if you go through uh, Chiacone's team here, he's got plus 11, plus 25, plus 26, plus 22, plus 24, plus 38, meaning he did a really good job drafting and picking up players because he got guys that he either bought low on or even bought like, you know, in the middle on and ended up taking a huge jump in what their perceived value is. So that's a good way to analyze the team. And if, I, I think he did a really good job. I think he'll actually have a good team if he pays attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to for everybody. But I agree. He did re- do a really good job drafting his team. Christian Wood in the fifth round was a steal. Um, Nikola Jokic, great pick. I would have taken Nikola Jokic if I was in his spot as well. Um, Fred Van Vliet has turned out to be pretty good and a viable asset as well as McCall Bridges. Um, and he has John Morant too. I mean, John Morant's out, out right now, which is really rough and a lot of bad luck, but I mean, that kid's going to be great. He, he's going to be awesome. He's a star. Um, and then Shokan's also done a really good job on the waiver wire, picking up Keldon Johnson, who has played really well in that Spurs offense, getting like seven and a half rebounds a game. I mean, and 16 points, That that's great for someone off just picking up that no one drafted um josh jackson too he's gonna be he's a great six man in detroit with that rotation so i mean hats off you got got jaron jackson jr on the ir yeah who was all i thought i wanted jaron jackson jr because that's a great pick he's gonna come back mid-season a big play that i like to do is hey take a guy that's hurt right now during the draft but midway through the year when i need someone to add to my lineup there they are coming off the ir and jaron jackson's gonna be one to do that he's a guy that's a stock machine agreed yeah i mean i remember you did that with cp3 a few years ago if i remember correctly that might have been joe uh someone had cp3 he was out for like the first quarter of the season then he came back and then he's basically a second round pick in value and they got him at like the fifth round so yeah i like doing that as well yeah i agree um speaking of joe we're going to analyze one more team but Joe Ingles Pringles, who has who's dropped Joe Ingles recently, what are your thoughts on his team so far? Because Joe, Joe, I'll give it to him. He always is a very consistent fantasy player. I mean, I think he never has a team that just by first look is going to blow you out of the water. But by the end of the year, Joe finds himself in the playoffs. Joe pays attention. Joe sets his lineups and makes good pickups. How do you feel about his team so far? Um, I'm looking at it and it's definitely solid. There are some questionable players on his team, I think, but overall, uh, I could definitely see him making the playoffs. I think he's definitely got some weak links with Peyton Pritchard. I know he just probably picked him up, uh, but you know, I'm not sure how I know he's playing well now, but I'm not sure that's a player you want on your team later in the season. Um, you know, he took a flyer on Anthony Edwards. I, I don't normally trust rookies. Uh, Darius Basley, he's got right now. He, he's an all right player. We'll see how he turns out. Um, and he's just got a bunch of young guys. And I, I don't love doing that because typically they shoot bad percentages and they turn over a lot. 
Uh, and that's free throw percentage as well. Not always great. Um, and they're inconsistent. But uh, he also has two Hornets players, which is definitely questionable because it's the Hornets. But, um, yeah, he, he's got a solid team. He's got a solid team. Uh, and I think it's definitely one to watch. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I played him this past week. Um, and what blew me out of the water with his team was, I mean, it, it literally came down to the last night with who could get the most assists. And I know a similar situation happened to you with your matchup last night with John and the field goal percentage. I, I was like going back and forth between my matchup and yours. Um, I am, I am watching very how excited. that would unfold. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this watch. <laughs> we'll get there in one second. But yeah, um, to wrap up Joe's team, He's got Joel Embiid, who is a monster defensively, as well as his field goal percentage. He actually shoots from the line really well, too, at 80%. So, I mean, from a big man, you got to love that. Um, Joe destroyed me in blocks, which doesn't always happen because that's what I go for. But, yeah, he's got Gobert and Embiid, the two-headed dragon. He also made up a really great pickup with – or great draft pick with Chris Boucher, Um and, and Tobias Harris has also turned out to be awesome getting player of the week this past week as well. So he's also a team to watch out for. He's 0-2 now, but I think that can turn around by the end of the year. But let's talk about your matchup last night because you were going back and forth with John like crazy. Give us your take. Oh, man. All right. So I want to say John's team choked like PG in the playoffs. It was that bad. His, I have never seen a worse choke job in my life in fantasy basketball. My team didn't like outperform expectations or something because that sometimes happens. It was just his team choking. And it was almost like they were all on the same team because they all choked. Unbelievable. I'm going to read off some numbers here. Dennis Schroeder, four for 13. Kawhi Leonard, four for 21. Josh Richardson, five for 14. Wendell Carter Jr., two for eight, and Will Barton, three for 11. Now, keep in mind, at the beginning of Sunday, John was, I believe, two full percentage points higher than me in field goal percentage, which is quite the margin for me to try to make up for. And it was significant enough that I didn't even pay attention to it on Saturday. I was like, oh, well, I lost that. I'm going after these categories. So I didn't pay attention. And his team proceeded to shoot 33 of 94 which is a 35% field goal percentage and vaulted me to a win by like 0.08 percentage points for field goal percentage. I didn't deserve the win. I was playing without cat. John, you need to make some drops. You need to make some trades. That was bad. JP. That was bad. Yeah. It's a tough loss. It really is. And, and like, it's not always like a move that you can prevent. It's just some bad shooting from the entire team just happened on a random Sunday night. So it's tough when that happens to your team. I know it's happened to me before. It's probably happened to you, Benny, but um, yeah, I mean, that that's one that John, I think will remember for the rest of the year. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't have much more to say than that, John, that, that, that was rough. I, I, I would feel bad, but uh, yeah, he sat Kelly Oubre too. Cause I, my guess is his calculation was, oh, I'll sit Kelly because he's been playing like some ass. Yeah. And that way, you know, it's the field goal percentage won't take as big a hit. He ended up not having a bad game. Yeah. Everyone he, else. He shot the second best on his team. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, Steph, obviously. 
you know, led the show there and disappointed Kappa by seven points. But, you know, uh, definitely a good performance for Steph there. Yeah, that'll go down as one of the best of the season. Um, I'm really interested to see what the storybook will be for Steph Curry, Steph Curry and the Warriors this year. I know they're not the team that was going to be winning back-to-back championships like they were a few years ago, but I think they could string it together by the end of the year. I mean, Kelly Oubre hasn't looked great so far, but I mean, we're two weeks into the year. He's going to improve. He's a great, he's good. He's a good player at the end of the day. I actually reached out to John and said, Hey, like any interest in moving Kelly Oubre? Because he's another buy low guy that is going to improve. Um, so exactly. it's just a tough loss for John. I think he did fine drafting. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go against your, your comments and your shots at John. I think he did just fine. Horrible. Thomas Bryant has w- actually worked out pretty well. Um, Anthony Davis, he hasn't been, you know, number three pick Anthony Davis, but again, I mean, he's going to improve. He's AD. Um, and then Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. So I, I don't think he did that bad of a job overall. <laughs> but since it is two uh, weeks in heavy, the year, heavy, dis- heavy disagreeing, heavy disagreeing, <laughs> but we'll move on. We'll just agree to disagree, but two weeks into the year, give us your way too early picks for the championship. Who's playing NBA and the, and NBA boys. Oh, wow. Okay. So I actually haven't thought about this at all. So off the dome, I'm going Lakers Sixers. I have faith in Philly this year. I'm trusting the process. I think getting rid of the log jam in the front court with Al and um, getting rid of Josh who couldn't shoot, adding some shooters, uh, you know, another ghost in Danny Green, but still he can somewhat shoot. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for them this year. I think Lakers win in, in six uh, versus the Sixers for the overall. Um, so, you know, I'll be consistent and think <laughs> since I'm uh, siding with, you know, my bias here, I think Hebrew Hammer, aka myself, will be in the championship. And I will be I honestly I I, I don't have a prediction for the other team. I know I will be oh, in give it. Give me something. So I hope I'm putting the rest of the league on notice right now. My team's gonna be in, I promise. Oh, give me something. I, I, I didn't have that much. Give me one other pick. Coots, give me Kappa, give me, give me the Castaldo Mark. Two had a dragon. Give me something. I think I like. I, I I was just looking at Shokan's team, and I like it a lot. Yeah, I like Shokan's team a lot. Another thing I look at in evaluating teams is like the roster percentage, and if it's above like eighty, I like counting how many players uh, a team has that's above eighty, like because that tells you that a lot, most fantasy players have that player on their team or on that in their league that players on a team. And Shokan has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his players are above 80%. And I'm sure if all of you, if anyone got this far, if you count how many of those you have on your team, it's less than nine. Uh, so that is giving me uh, quite a lot of confidence in John's team. So I hope, uh, you know, I hope his team stays healthy so he can, you know, have a good fantasy season. Yeah, nine is, nine is remarkable. So, so my prediction... My prediction is me versus Shokan. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Heard it here first, folks. Benny Levinson 
and John Shokan in the finals is the prediction. He's Can also I... taken Lakers, Sixers, which I definitely don't agree with. It's going to be Nets and Lakers. We this, all know it's it. There we go. I was going to ask what yours was. Nets, Lakers. That, that's actually that. Yeah, that's a good one. I could see that as well. Yeah. I think yeah. Lakers. Lakers will, will come out of the West now. I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't see there's too much competition in the West other than the Clippers, um, and I don't trust Paul George. Frauds. They're yeah. frauds. So. I don't trust them. Sorry, so, Kappa, Sarah Castaldo. Well, I think that's just about it. That seems like it's all the questions I have, Benny. Again, this has been a pleasure. I'm really happy that we get to kick off this podcast the right way, and I'm, I'm excited to get the rest of the league involved, too. I, I think this could be a huge addition this year, and, and thanks for coming on the first one. Yeah, no, uh, thank you, Fletch. Uh, I'm very excited for the season. I'm very excited in particular for this podcast because uh, it's just fun. It's a fun thing to do. We're in shitty times. Um, you know, we could have one person listen each week. That's fine. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm honored to be on the first one. Uh, and I'm happy that it's something that you're doing. It's fucking dope. I will listen. I promise to everyone else's. Uh, so uh, I'm super excited for the season. I wish everyone luck. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad that uh, you're going to be my one listener. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Benny. Take care, buddy. Of course.